Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and despite my best efforts, we cannot talk about mangers on the week of Christmas. Nope. Today, we're heading to our separate corners to talk about tribalism and how it has the power to ruin the gospel. Barry's here to do the work and show us how we can become the kind of person the person we're looking for is looking for. But before we point our fingers at the other guys, now that they've put the garbage in, let's take the garbage out and welcome our favorite co-host, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. <laughs> hey, good day. Hey, guys. It's Christmas. Yeah, Christmas week. It is. It is a We're all us. here. We are here. We're awake. We're standing. <laughs> it well, is we're happening. Sitting. Yeah. How right is, now we are surrounded by those little plastic things that you put candles in. There's yes, like thousands everywhere. of them. Yeah, yep, we're the, backstage. Just outside the window. Yeah, friend of the pod, if you listen to this before Christmas Eve, you're in for a real treat. Uh, if you come- Wait, with the podcast or with Christmas Eve in general? <laughs> with Christmas Eve. This, oh, this oh. If you listen to this before Christmas Eve services, <laughs> you're in for a real treat if you come Seriously. to Christmas Eve services because we just walked through the auditorium, it, auditorium and it looks so amazing. It's so special. It's so cool. Of course, we've got the candle lights during silent night. Um, what happened yesterday with all the wax all over the floor? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, it looks like. Yeah, we, we go through this kind of candle recycling ritual every year. Sometimes if, if the candles are, you know, good enough to, to reuse, we'll reuse them just oh, to save. Yeah. But apparently it's been a long, long time since, since that has taken place, I oh, guess. Yeah, it's two yeah, years two at years. least. Yeah. 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 So we just, we so they got a little a, brittle a lot to do uh, and they did, they got a little brittle. <laughs> right. What with the changing temperatures of the <laughs> yeah. mezzanine above the green room. Yeah. I walked into a meeting. Oh my and goodness. People are on their hands and knees picking up wax. <laughs> got a shop vac without an attachment. <laughs> Scraping it off was the, the best I could do, but <laughs> yeah, the carpet looks great. Yeah. So. It looks good now. Yeah. Um, all right. So what's in store for Christmas this, this week? What are you guys doing after, after services are done? Mm-hmm. Paint the picture for me. What are you going to do? What, what's happening? I have one gift that I would like Olivia to open on Christmas Eve before, you know, before we go to bed and then is in the mornings, I can't, she's going to hear this. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it is. I got, uh, I'll tell her not to listen. Yeah. I got, this is something that is so out of character for me, Gird but your loins. she is going to love, love, love it. She, she's been getting like, uh, sweaters for the pigs, kind of like your pig your sweaters. sweaters. <laughs> They're like the, what's it called? The, um, Buffalo plaid, Buffalo plaid sweaters. And so I thought, you know what, let's get matching jammies for she, her oh me, my. and Cleo so that we can just kind of complete the whole, the whole look. And so she's going to love it. And I can't wait. Should it's I text be so fun. her right now? Don't, tell don't her spoil not it. To Did you? No, tell her I'll not tell to her listen. I'll tell her not to listen. I'll tell her not Split to listen. Hooves. Did you get uh, Christmas cards this year? Did you do Christmas cards with the pigs? No, we no. always, every year I get Christmas cards and I'm like, we could probably make some pretty cool, yeah. fun Christmas oh, yeah. cards. And then I'm like, yeah, that costs money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know that I want to do it that badly. And yeah. Who would I like? Who's going to be at the cutoff of who gets uh, it and who yeah. doesn't get it? You got to get a lot of cards. That's incredibly difficult, right? Like somebody's going to be deeply hurt. So yeah. I just think, you know what? It's probably better not to. Yeah, it's always it's like cards start coming in, and my wife will start making comments. She'll be like, "Ooh, I'm glad I remembered to send them one." Or, <laughs> right? Ooh, yeah. I'm glad I readded that person to the list this year because yeah. they sent us one. It's All the- my friends know <laughs> that I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and so that just feels great. When someone sends me a card, they know they're not getting one in return. There I am go. not infallible. <laughs> just sending it out of the pure love in their hearts. Do you do you do a Christmas card? I stopped doing a Christmas card um, 
in all honesty, when I started working here, cause there was just no time and mom is the one who always <laughs> yeah. organized that thing. But also I've got teens Yeah, and my, they don't kids, take pictures. my kids were very cute and I wanted mm-hmm. to share them with the world. Mm-hmm. But who wants to just like look at my teens on their fridge? <laughs> Why? Who wants They're great. That? Oh my goodness. Shrugging teens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, just picturing the faces my teens would make yeah. and how that would not oh, necessarily man. bring joy that to anyone. Me of a video we did like three yes, years ago. Yes. <laughs> I remember that. We're still what in was, that mode. What were they saying? Oh, we, we're the Gaffrins and we worship <laughs> together. together. <laughs> I was so excited <laughs> to be there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we that, that would together. be your, your Christmas card. So we're going to not do that. Yours were cute. Tyler, yeah, oh my Christmas goodness. cards were yeah. very This is like cute. perfect age to do Christmas cards where yeah. it's like babies and toddlers and things. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the age. Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing family stuff. Yeah. We'll be with her family on Christmas day, my family the day after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what's your role on Christmas? Like at these gatherings, are you guys like, are you bringing food? Oh, what, 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 what do you do to participate? Or you I just don't show do up? much <laughs> at all. I'm pretty much a bump on a log. I I would like, I'm helpful. I'll, I'll wash dishes. That's what I do. I'm like the, yeah. not even like the sous chef. Like when I go to my parents, my dad's the chef, my, uh, my Olivia and my sister are the sous chefs. And oh, yeah. then I'm like the dishwasher. Like that's yeah. kind of what I do. All right. So that's awesome. Yeah. Everybody I mean, needs so a, dishwasher. Gotta have a dishwasher. Everyone needs one. Marin, what do you guys do? Um, so Jed's, parents will be here. Um, I think they're coming on the 23rd, but then they'll be with us through Christmas and the following couple of days. So I am going to cook and cook and cook and cook and cook. cook, when? cook. Um, starting on Christmas day. Okay. I've got my meal planned already settled. I've done most of the grocery shopping for these meals that we will have. And I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm taking on a couple of new things. Well, what are you um, doing? I've never done a beef tenderloin before. Ooh. I went for it this year. There you go. It's Christmas. Uh, what are you going to do? What am I going to do? <laughs> well, like in the oven? I'm cook what, it. Yeah, what are you going to do? Um, yeah, I'm going to pan sear it and then cook it rare. I think I'm just going to make my kids learn to like rareness this year. <laughs> wow. <That's> a lot <laughs> of firsts. You better it, rejoice. Stick it in the air fryer <laughs> if they want it more done. There you go. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> No, right. I'm really yeah, excited. Good. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we really don't, we, we watch Christmas movies. We kind of graze Just all day long. Mm-hmm. The four of us with Jed's parents. Okay. I don't think I will We're not bringing, change like, out of my pajamas until others. like the 28th, maybe. Um, <laughs> you say significant others. Yeah, we're not bringing girlfriends or boyfriends over. Um, someone might show up <laughs> at okay. some point. And I do have a gift for that individual. Oh, also. wow. Look you at know, you. Just, you got to be prepared. Whoa. One must be prepared. Big so deal. Supportive mom. When right. one has teenagers, yeah. one yeah, must right. be prepared. Not even teen. Well, what? My son just turned 18. Yeah. Yeah. He's a man. Ready to Is get he, shipped off to war but he's if it was a the teenager. 1940s. I keep saying my teens. You're a grown up boy. But I also keep saying like, oh my goodness, well, I, have an adult, I have an adult son. Adult teen. And a, it's such an awkward time. It's so <laughs> strange. What is he? He's both. Yeah. He's a, a teenage adult. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to parent a teenage adult. Well, all right. So I imagine there was a time where like you're 18, time to go. Right. Like 
you're an adult because you're not living in our house anymore. Yeah. You got to go get a job at the boot factory yeah. or whatever. But this isn't yeah. that time. So he's in your house, and but it's weird yeah. that he's an adult. And he's in the middle of his senior year. So yeah. I turned 18 after I graduated high school yeah. and moved out two weeks later. Oh yeah. My life was on the fast track. So there track. was a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my life was on the fast track, but he's, he's 18 and there's a certain, I guess, level of independence that comes yeah. with that, but he's also still living in my home. Yeah. He's not making nearly enough money to buy himself like a pencil sharpener, <laughs> oh, no. let alone yeah. a car and a house. Gotta get an apartment. Right, right, you right. Just right. add some new like adulting things that he has to do around the house. Like, Ooh, like what? I don't, well, does he do his own laundry? Oh, he's been doing that for okay, a while. Just making sure. <laughs> I don't know. Does he, I get, it's hard because he still, I think it's impossible to live at your parents' house and not just let them kind of be the adults. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I mean, he's, he does, he's not ready. You know he, what he, he hasn't like, done for me yet? He hasn't like gone on a grocery run. Yeah. He's gonna, I should make him like errands. Go. He's got to run some errands. Contributing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is he doing his own taxes yet? Like that. Ooh, Ooh this will be the first year. This is the first year he's ever like had a taxable job. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to adulthood. Yeah. So is Jed going to do his taxes? Um, is Jed the tax man? Is Jed, we, we take our taxes to a person who prepares okay. them. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. if Jed was like, I'll handle this son. Yeah. I mean, I probably will. I, I did my taxes when I was Jaden's age. Yeah. All right. So. What's your plan, Tyler? Yeah, my plan really, um, so Christmas Eve, the morning of Christmas Eve is when the four of us will celebrate Christmas. Mm. Just as you guys. Just, just you as guys. the four of us, yeah. So Christmas Eve morning, that's what we'll do that. Then I'll come work here, do services, and then Christmas Day, we're going to Lauren's family, and the day after Christmas, we're going to my family. Wow. And then the day after that, we're doing something else with another family. Wow. Yeah, it's too, it's. It's too much. No, it's not. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's it's wonderful. You'll miss it if it's ever gone. Like well, I, I used to have, you know, Christmas gatherings that booked me up for like seven days straight. And you miss it. I do. I do. Those were the days. You know, I was pre-COVID. That's what I had too. But the past two years, I was actually thinking about this like yesterday. I was like, it's been a pretty uh, non-eventful December in terms of like parties and mm, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I don't really miss it. <laughs> I've been good. I, I'm I'm fine. Yeah, things are fine. I'm fine without it. Oh. Uh, uh, so this is the last show of the year for us. We're not gonna come with a new show next week because we're all not working next week. We yeah, all take the week the staff, off between the Christmas. Office is closed. Yeah, staff it, is all off. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's been that way. Like we just we make that decision every year. It's not like a. a standard thing, but we do make that decision every year. And every year since I've been here, we've had that gift mm -hmm. as a staff to just have that week off. So, uh, we won't be here next week, which means between Sundays, we'll come back in 2022, but absent a host, right? I will not be joining you. We described this last week. If you missed it, friends yeah, of the pod, towards Tyler, the end. Tyler's going on sabbatical beginning of January for three months. Yeah. That's amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> and you're going to have a blast, I'm sure. But we'll we'll find a way to carry on without yeah. you. Tell us about your big sabbatical plans. Uh, yeah. So plans are falling through left and right. <laughs> well, I'm still holding out hope for a place to stay. We're trying to get away, Lauren and I. So we're still holding out hope for that. I wanted to go to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. It's like, I haven't been there in four years-ish. And it's kind of where my heart is. I, I'm, I 
am passionate about that area, but they might be getting invaded. Yeah, there's like Russian tanks on the border. So that's not going to work. And so I, I, I've enrolled in a couple courses because in a prior life, I used to be very creative. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's been, the, I feel the like, life has been choked out of you in that like you one. You can say that about a few things. <laughs> <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? In a prior life, I used to be what? A basketball player. Oh yeah. Yeah. I used to be a lot of things. <laughs> and so I'm going to take this uh, sabbatical to kind of rediscover some of that stuff. So I used to play music. I used to draw. I used to do graphic design. I used to make videos. And I haven't done any of that in probably five to seven years. Just You've like done bits of it here and there. Yeah. Very. Yeah. It, but it's like you, you lose, you lose it if you don't flex it, you know? Sure. Mm -hmm. So I've been telling you. Yeah. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to spend some time. I enrolled in some courses to just like freshen up on some of those skills, like drawing and things like that, just to like get back in the game a little bit. Where did you enroll in these courses? Uh, I don't know. Some online thing, mm. pay a hundred bucks and hopefully somebody shows up on a video and teaches <laughs> me what to do. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then, yeah, it, that's about it. So I'm going to be home most of the time and, um, sabbaticals are designed to give people rest, mm. right? Um, pastors are the number one, most likely profession to burn out. So it's a, it's a welcome thing. Pastors, a bunch are, of teachers just got really upset, but <laughs> well, it's statistical. Everybody is it? Yeah. Da <laughs> right. Data says pastors data says. and doctors are the number one, most likely probably not. This is probably before COVID. We could probably throw teachers in there too. All right, teachers. Yeah, you're in too. <laughs> um, so if you're on staff for seven years here at Grace, we're, we're given the opportunity uh, to, to, to do that. And so um, I'm looking forward to it, but I don't know. I've been wrestling with like, how, do, how am I supposed to find rest with a two-year-old and a four-year-old? Yeah. So uh, that'll be interesting. So I'm having to redefine what rest means. Mm -hmm. Um and so one of the things I want to do is I want to have like a Milo day where I take him somewhere every week. We go do something, just the two of us, and then a Lane day. Same thing. So we'll see. What does Lane want to do? All he wants to do right now is watch Lion King. Because I've heard that's you talk he, about this, like taking one do. son, taking the other son. But Lane is how old? Uh, he's two. He's going to be two in January. But, you know, we took him on the, uh, the Sullivan Express last night to go see Santa. And it was great because it's choo-choo and, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh -huh, it's perfect. <laughs> so I could take him to anything. I could take him to the park and he'd have a fine time. And, you know, he can't he, say a he word. like the zoo? Oh, yeah. Okay. Any any animals, any, yeah. yeah, children's museum, any of that mm -hmm. stuff. He'll be fine. So it'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. So I will not be with you guys for a couple months. So you got to hold it down. Yeah, we'll find a way. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So we are in week three of our sermon series, Peace on Earth. And uh, Barry is taking us into the Christmas week on a light, <laughs> light topic, light notes, Super talking about easy. tribalism and division. And uh, you focused on Romans 12 uh, to, to kick us off. But do you mind sharing kind of the big idea of what you wanted people to take away? Yeah. So I, I'll be honest, when I first set out to do this sermon series like months ago when we first talked about it. I don't think I realized how, how much of a common thread there would be through each of these messages, but it really does seem to be 
they're all kind of building on some, some very core ideas, but uh, essentially we're, we're kind of working our way outward from what is, what does the peace of God look like that, that, that the angels announced to the shepherds, peace on peace on earth and goodwill towards men or peace on earth to those with whom God's favor rests. Like, what does that actually mean? And yeah. why did, what actually changed when Jesus was born? And so we're starting, we started with our, our hearts. What does it look like in our own personal hearts? What does it look like in our families? That was last week. And then this, this past weekend was, what does it look like in our actual community? And I, I had a hard time thinking of anything when it comes to peace in our community that, that was more appropriate than talking about the sort of tribalism that exists right now in our community. And, uh, I, I described tribalism. I talked a bit about how the tribes have, have kind of come to be and how the, how they've been formed. Uh, and then essentially I talked about the fact that if based on what Paul says in Romans 12, if we want to see our community be healed, then we as a church, you know, we can't be responsible for what people do, what other people do, but we can be responsible for who we are and what our reputation is. And if we want to see our community healed of that tribalism and, and experience peace, God's peace, then we need to be working overtime on uh, having a reputation of be acting Christ-like, of, of actually loving yeah. with self-giving love, of being known for our mercy and our compassion and our love. <clears throat> and so the, the ba- big idea was basically peace can come to our community, <clears throat> excuse me, but only if we can learn how to love like Christ yeah. and live like him. And so that was it. And I gave a few, some reminders, uh, acknowledging that like, living like Christ is an ongoing lifetime yeah. of, of discipleship, but you, you can do some reminders, even in, even at Christmas time, some reminders on how to posture mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what I talked about. Yeah. It's interesting because I mean, Mars Hill has been the podcast that we continue to talk about. We've talked about a couple of times on the show, the rise and fall of Mars Hill. And it's, it's hard because one of the things you you talked about is like, we would love to assume that division and tribalism isn't in the church, but it is in the church. And so when you're listening to this podcast, it's like, man, there there's some statements or some things that are getting made and they're doing it in the name of Jesus. And so that just fires me up. And so mm-hmm. by, by nature, I am on the other side of some kind of line mm-hmm. that somebody is using Jesus and the gospel to back up. And so, yeah, those, those divisions exist in the church, not just about like theological things, but cultural things as well. And I think it's, I think it's something that you would hope didn't happen, but I think it certainly does. And I, and that podcast is something that kind of illustrated that for me. Well, for me, when I think about tribalism, I use the example of my, my friend, pastor Fred in Kenya, because when I think about tribalism for him in his church, you know, there are actual literal tribes, Kikuyos and yeah. Luos and Kambas and all these tribes. And, uh, for the most part, everybody's Christian. They're all hanging out. But then when the pressure's on or when the tribe makes a demand of somebody far too often in his church, they just do what the tribe demands. And sometimes that means, like I mentioned in the message, sometimes it means having one of the tribal witch doctors perform the funeral for your mom instead of your pastor. Sometimes yeah. it, when there's violence or political divisions or along tribal lines, it means, you know, isolating yourself away from people from other tribes or picking up a machete and mm. trying to commit violence. Like, so it, and it's so discouraging to pastor Fred because that it's clear that the tribal mm. identity takes mm-hmm. precedence over mm-hmm. 
their Christian identity or their identity in yeah. Christ. And so I use that analogy because I think it's the same deal in the church here. We've got these two big tribes that have sort of become, I mean, these whirlpools of tribalism in our culture yeah. and those tribes have begun to define so much of our lives, the way that we think the, the, our opinions on things, the way that we see other people, it's all being dictated to by these tribes. And I mean, our emotions are played by all of it. Yeah. And what I'm concerned about and discouraged about is the fact that within the church, so much of those tribal demands are taking precedence over yeah. our identity in Christ. And yeah. so that's where it's creeping into the church is that we are not only seeing one another, but we are seeing the other as an enemy and mm -hmm. we're treating them as such mm -hmm. um, because our tribe tells us to, and that, that just cannot yeah. happen. Yeah. A, if we want the gospel to take root and especially B, if we want to be the cause of the gospel taking root, we yeah. can't be doing, we can't behave as Paul says, we can't copy the, the customs and behaviors of this world yeah. if we want to see things actually change. So what would you say to somebody who said, well, isn't Christianity in the church just another tribe? I thought about referring to it as a tribe. I thought about saying these tribes, I just thought it would be too unclear. Yeah. But mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's a tribe, the tribe of Christ in mm -hmm. a sense where we are one tribe and it's the only tribe, you know, <laughs> but, but, and, and same kinds of things with your tribe, your tribal identity takes precedence. Well, it should, if we are in the tribe of Christ, yeah. then, then what that tribe demands which is sacrifice and surrender and love, like that should take precedence over everything else in our lives. Yeah. But I didn't want to muddy the waters by using the same word. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you were specifically talking about tribalism within the body of Christ, that yes. we can't really control much of what the right, community right. around us does, but we can do the work yeah. of making ourselves a tribe, a community of people who reflect Christ. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So a couple of things stand out to me in the Romans passage, uh, particularly in verse 14, where Paul says, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them, pray for God or pray that God will bless them. And the thing that stands out to me is <clears throat> it seems like Paul is commanding us to bless our enemies twice. <laughs> like he's like, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. And also pray that God blesses them. Like, right. it's like, it's like you bless them and you also ask yeah. God to bless them. It's like double. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and the second time he's, he's adding the part where he's like, don't curse them. Mm-hmm. And don't wish harm on them either. And so that was the convicting part for me is a bit because if I ever sense that I am on the, on the other side of the dividing line against someone else, it's not, it's not enough that I just feel like I'm winning or something. It's, right. I also want to see them lose. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so that was convicting to me because it's like, bless them, but don't just bless them. Don't curse them. Mm. Like don't wish badly f upon them and pray yeah. that God bless them too. And, um, yeah, that, that was, that stood out to me because yeah, it's, well, it's a hard thing to do. It's really hard. Especially I talked about the, there are people making billions of dollars off of our mm -hmm. outrage. Well, what is the easiest way to get you to click an article is if it's titled in such a way where yeah. it's like people you disagree with get dunked on by people <laughs> you do disagree, you yeah. do agree yeah. with. And you're like, yeah, yeah I want to watch them get crushed. And yeah. so you click on it that when it's, when really it's like, Two scholars have a debate. Like yeah. <laughs> you want to see like something that's going to get you to engage and seeing your enemies crushed yeah. or cursed is like, it's, it's yeah, yeah fuel for the fire. It's too hard to avoid. Yeah. And so the idea that Paul's 
to, I guess, kind of saying like, don't even worry about that. Like just worry about yourself. And if you are doing these things that we'll talk about in a minute, um, I guess if you're doing these things, then naturally you won't, you won't want to curse them. Like if you're, if you're aiming to look more and more like Christ, you won't like cursing them won't even be a thing of their in your mind. Right. If you love people the way that Christ loved people, and this is getting into the hypotheticals because we are all broken humans, but, but hypothetically, if you lived in such a way that every person you saw, you loved them with the compassion that Christ had. Yeah. It would just be unthinkable to, to treat them as an enemy, to do anything other than bless them. Cause if you saw them the way that God sees them as an image bearer, as someone yeah. who's broken as a child, I, I think it would be an overwhelming desire in your heart yeah. to ensure their blessing because yeah. you see their humanity, you see that their good, what, what's you can see what is what God sees in them, the potential that he yeah. sees in them. And so I, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, it would come naturally if that's, the way that we are. And mm. I think that's why I talk about like sanctification and discipleship mm. as being a journey because it's like, we should be getting more naturally loving the more that we become like Christ through our lives. I don't know. Yeah. Marin, you had a look of, um, I think I, I always have to pause and, you know, we talk about Christ's enduring love, which of course is true. But then I start thinking of elements of his righteousness mm. and, you know, he went to the temple where the money changers were and he turned those tables over. So he didn't go to them, you know, with any kind of gentleness. Right. Um, he burned with zeal and passion for his father's house. And so that's the face. It, it's more just, this is where I have to sit and really process hmm. the character of Christ and, and why he did the things he did and whether or not I in any way can do the things he did. Cause he was Jesus and he went home and fashioned a whip. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but, but this, these are part of the problems that we encounter as we discuss tribalism within the church, because many yeah. of us have tied our identity in Christ to some of these tribal divisions. Yeah. The question is, should that be tied to your identity in Christ? Mm. Likely not, but should it, should it be? I think these are the hard questions I ask myself when I hear messages like the one you gave. That's, that's the, to me, one of the most difficult things about this conversation in this day and age, back in ancient Rome, I've been processed. I've been thinking about this since the message back in ancient Rome, everybody outside of the church, like they didn't care about Jesus, right? Like they were just going around doing their, their Roman thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so there was a much, it was a much clearer, obvious line between those who are in the church and those who are outside the church. But today mm-hmm. both tribes will claim that they're, outlook or their opinion is the biblical one yeah, mm-hmm. and or I, is yeah. the godly one or yes. whatever. And, and therefore there's no other option, but to go all profit yeah. and, and fashion a whip because we're right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but how do we navigate that? Because we are one tribe. We are right. the church. So it's, it, that's the really hard part. And so I, yeah. I made a little aside at, towards the end of the message just to kind of make sure I was clear that there are times where we have to talk about the things mm-hmm. that one tribe or the other doesn't want to talk about mm-hmm. or, or things that might be touchy because they're in scripture. The only other option is just to stay silent all the time. Like never talk about anything of substance because mm-hmm. we don't ever want to make anybody, you know, 
get defensive or get yeah. upset, but like, that's not what we're, we are in a broken world. We have mm-hmm. to interpret that broken world in light of scripture, which means we're going to have to have conversations that are difficult. Mm-hmm. And so there will be times to be prophetic and to, to come out guns blazing about certain things when it comes to God's justice and righteousness. Like I think to say that that's not something we should ever do is, is not at all what I'm trying to communicate. However, it's the, it's, are we talking about this issue because our tribe demands it of us? Yeah. Right. Or are we talking about this issue because scripture demands it of us mm-hmm. in light of the world that we live in? And that's the impossibly narrow, yeah, it's super narrow hard. path that we are it's trying to walk as leaders, especially. Yeah. And yeah. yet it's one that I feel like we have to walk and we've mm-hmm. got to navigate it. Yeah. And it, you're right. It, it, it makes it harder that uh, we try to interweave what scripture's telling us to our tribe. Like we, you know, like, see, we're not even talking about issues here because of tribalism. Like, right. We're not bringing up specifics. Yeah. Yeah. So I had several people tell me that during the message, they like were waiting with bated breath for me to say, to mention some issue or some topic that was going to like, you did mention a few issues though. I mentioned categories of issues without saying, how long do I have to wear this mask? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that. (laughs) Scripture says, set a guard, O oh Lord, over my mouth. <laughs> yeah, that, see what I'm saying? Keep watch over the dirt oh, of my lips. Yeah, so, oh my gosh. New king. I've, never, I've not heard that before. That's really funny. I just thought of it just now. Thanks. That's really funny. <laughs> see, exactly. And then other people who would say like, God is the breath of life or whatever. And you're not supposed <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. to yeah. shield the breath, whatever. So, so, that, so that's like a good example. Yeah. Anyway. So one side of let's, let's use masks. One side says, you know, faith over fear. And we're going to believe in God that God would have our best interests and he'll protect us in these things. And the other side says, well, God wants us to protect the vulnerable. So people are using like scriptural things to defend both actions of both tribes, which just makes the division bigger. And it makes Christians job harder, I guess. Totally. Well, it's not like you take that exact example. It's not like one side would say, no, we shouldn't protect the vulnerable. Yeah. And it's not like the other side would say, no, we should always live in fear. They wouldn't, they're not arguing. <laughs> yeah. They're arguing past each other yeah. using scripture for the same. It's that's what makes this so difficult. And mm. the the thing that is so in so short supply is folks from different perspectives coming together with open palms and yeah. humility to say, what does scripture say? How can we navigate this together? Far too often it's, well, this is what I believe yeah. and I'm going to stick to my guns. Yeah. And I I'm more and more convinced of this and it is, it's hard for me to say, don't think I'm like, this comes easy to me, but I'm more and more convinced that in this divided time, we cannot find a path forward as a church. If we choose to put up more walls of hostility, even if we think we're righteous on this one, even if like, if, if what we are saying and doing is going to end up casting others out and causing division and it's not being done out of this open palmed approach. Like, I don't, I don't feel like we're going to find a path forward because like the only way you can put up a a wall of division and find a path forward is if the other side is destroyed. If that makes any sense. Like if you, if you say, no, we are going to, we are not, no one is welcome unless they see things the way that we see them. I don't know. It's so complicated. It's so, it's such a huge conversation. I just Mm -hmm. think the stakes are really high and I'm becoming more and more convinced that if we don't at the end of the day, demonstrate self-giving love, we'll have lost the thread. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how right we are. We'll have lost the, the, the thread. 
Um, this made me think of two things. One, I remembered a article published by Pew Research, I don't know, like a couple years ago. So I looked it up and it was, it was an article about why people leave religion and why they remain unaffiliated with religion. And here are some of the top reasons. I, there's like 30, but some of the ones that stand out that are relevant to this. To, as people say, too many Christians are doing unchristian things. Mm. Religious people are more divisive than uniting and more harm has been done in the name of religion than anything else. And so if those are people who are walking away from the faith and looking for now on the outside, looking in, this is what they see. Yeah. And that's, so that's the first thing. The second thing is I have, uh, I have non-Christian friends that I hang out with from time to time. And they say a lot of the same things like uh, my fellow like, like they say, like Tyler, how do you defend like that? Christians are consistently angry and bitter and worried. Aren't you supposed to be not those things? Like, right. and, and so that's what they see too, is, is those behaviors and emotions coming through. And so when you say the stakes are high, that's what I, that's how I interpret that. Yeah. Is like our community is noticing <laughs> that we're not fooling anyone that we're united when the divisions are just as rife throughout the church. Yeah. And so you made a statement and I want to clarify and just drill down a little bit, but you said um, something about, um, is it, so I guess my question is, is, do you think it's possible? You said something about the gospel getting ruined or something. The gospel is that oh, oh, it depends on our reputation. The, the Depend, effectiveness yeah. of the spread of the gospel def- depends on yeah. our reputation. Yeah. And so do you think it's possible to let the gospel like slip through our fingers because of this? Like if we don't, if we lose our reputation on this, do we ever get it back? I mean, I don't know about, first of all, the gospel is far more powerful than any of us. It's, yes. the, it's the message of hope for the world. However, God has entrusted us with that message and we are the ones that are, that are, are passing that message along. And there are very high, high stakes in the new Testament for those who would cause the little ones to stumble, who, those yeah. who would, who would sow division or falsehood in the church. I mean, like there's a really teachers, you shouldn't presume to be teachers, brothers and sisters, because like you're going to be held to a much higher standard if you're teaching. And so yeah. it's like the, the stakes are really high for the gospel and, but, and yet we are the messengers. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think maybe not permanently, but there is a, there is a sense at which the gospel does depend mm-hmm. on our ability to represent it well. And if we're misrepresenting the gospel, mm-hmm. then there will be those that don't hear the gospel and it's on us. Yeah. Which is, deeply problematic. If you think about what, what what the stakes are for that, that is, that's wildly, uh, intense. Yeah. But I think it's true. It makes me think of, um, the sermon on the Mount, Matthew five, Jesus teaching about the salt and the light. You're the salt of the earth, right? That's who we are. Mm -hmm. But what good is salt? If it's lost its flavor, can you make it salty again? It'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as Worthless. New King James. Actually, that's NLT. <laughs> you are the light of the world, city on a hill, right? So like that, it, it's essentially telling us that we have this function, right? We are salt. Yeah. But what good are we if we lose our function? Mm, right. Um, 
Now, the hopeful side of that, because nobody wants to be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless NLT. Um, we were talking earlier this morning, Barry, about a passage. I think it's in, I think it's in Romans about um, being grafted into the vine. Yeah. I want to say it's Romans 11 and it says, you know, that people can be ungrafted, mm. but if they repent, they can always be grafted back in. Right. And so, yeah, I think mm-hmm. we can let the gospel slip through our fingers, but that's what we're calling people to do. We're calling people to repent and to regain their saltiness, right. Yeah. And to be grafted back in and given that purpose again, that, that purpose to spread the good news and, yeah. you know, the great commission. And, and like I said, the gospel has power. And the Holy Spirit is the power that that enlivens the gospel. It's not actually our our power at all. It's all what the Holy Spirit is doing, and the Holy Spirit works in ways that we can't see or imagine. And so, I don't want to make it sound like God is completely just out of options. Yeah, if we fail, His Spirit is going to move. His Spirit is going to speak. The yeah. rocks and the trees will cry out. Exactly, but we may not be involved. Well, right. And, yeah. and how sad is that, yeah. that we might forfeit our ability to participate yeah. in the renewal of this world and the, yeah. the changing of lives because of our own actions. Yeah. And so, yeah, stakes are high. So you said, obviously this is a, this is a life transformation that's required. It's not a like, Hey, here's some bullets and right. let's go. I didn't want to do like hot tips for, yeah. yeah. Um, but we do have two takeaways Three. for- what? There were three. What are they? Do the work. Do the work. Garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. And remember that our community is watching. Oh, that, yeah, that part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So do the work and pay attention to influences basically is another way of saying garbage in, garbage out. Right. And then remember community is watching. Okay. Right. Right. So how do you guys do this? How do you guys do those three things? <laughs> Well, we'll do with the work. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I just drove here from, I went and picked up some, some stuff for tonight's rehearsal and somebody in front of me had like this really cute Christian bumper sticker, yeah. right? It was like this little manger scene and it said, keep Christ in Christmas. Uh-huh. And I thought like, that's adorable. My mom would have loved that bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah. But then I thought, could I even have that bumper sticker on yep. my car. The way that I drive, I likely should not have <laughs> that on my car. Happen. I would be the worst representation of Christ yep. on the road. <laughs> Most people <laughs> on the road. Well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. That's why we don't have Grace Church bumper stickers. <laughs> that Gotta is why. Clear. That's that the reason. The I'm reason. just saying, it's just, I think about these things all the time. Am I representing him in the community? Mm-hmm. If the community is watching, mm-hmm. they're watching me at the store. They're watching mm-hmm. me while I drive. They're watching what I put on social media, the way I raise my kids, all these things. One of the ways, one of the ways that I've been doing the work these last, even last few weeks or months, when I'm having a conversation with people, especially like-minded people, and we're talking about some hot button issue or some something. One of the things I'm trying to build into my practice anytime I'm having one of those conversations is to at least for a moment practice empathy, like I talked about last week, and and try to formulate what what might that person be thinking or feeling? What where might they be coming from? Cuz it's they're not monsters, they're not evil. 
but they disagree with me. So where might they be coming from? And even if it's just for a moment, I try to speak it aloud for the benefit of myself and the person I'm talking yeah. to. It happened at lunch. Mm. We're talking about somebody at a church who said something ridiculous, uh, had a, doesn't matter. doesn't matter. And I just, <laughs> and I, and I, I stopped and I said, well, all right, let's think if I'm in that church and I'm, and this is what, what I've experienced, I'm in my sixties and I've experienced this over my whole life. And then this, this happens and this thing happens. Like I could imagine feeling this certain way and maybe I don't have all the facts, but this is how I, you know, something like that. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to do that more consistently. It, I don't know that it's changing everything, but it's helping yeah. at least take some of the edge off of some of what I would feel as my own yeah. tribalistic urge for anger or outrage or whatever. Yeah. So that's one thing I'm doing that just came to mind because it happened at lunch today, but yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to do that. It's not easy to have empathy mm-hmm. when you're so outraged at what other people are doing, but it's something you can yeah. try. And I'm wondering, I'm sitting here wondering if churches or the church needs to do a better job of like helping people understand what church is for. It's not for me to come make sure all my personal preferences are met. Mm. Like whether it's mask situation or music situation or whatever, like we've talked about this before where like the dividing lines are usually personal preferences for someone like the tribe dividing lines are like personal preference things. It's not like very rarely are the dividing lines within the church. I mean, that's, that's how denominations get started, but it's are like theological to the point where like we're sitting next to each other and just don't like each other. It's usually like personal preference things that are defined by politics or the way Ideology we see it. Yeah. Or, yeah. And so I'm wondering if it's our job to do a better job of kind of helping people understand what church is. And it's not just for something for you to come to and have your personal preferences met because <laughs> yeah. we've talked about, we've talked about how people break fellowship quote unquote. I think that's Mm-hmm. You've used that phrase. That's a tr- mm-hmm. that's an old school phrase. They yeah. break fellowship with their church over these personal preferences. And I'm like, that's not what church is. Right. Like when Paul's writing these letters, he's mm-hmm. not, he's not, he's not addressing like personal preferences. He's right. talking about way bigger things. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm wondering what the role of the church is to help people understand. Cause in 2021 where you could just watch, you can belong to a church in another country continent. Sure. Um, I wonder if it's our job to do a better job of kind of helping people understand what the point of church is. I think in my experience of church throughout my life, this is really my first good chunk of time spent in a non-denominational church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that we face that problems or difficulties, they're not unique to us, but I think they come with the territory of being a non-denominational church. My sisters go to a a denomination up in the mountains of North Carolina somewhere. And most people in the church think the same, Mm -hmm. believe the same, um, you know, on issues like masks, they're, they're, they're kind of all in mm-hmm. the same boat, but here in a non-denominational church where we're coming from different walks of life and we're a larger church, we have a lot of differences mm. among us. And I think maybe that makes us drill deeper or, yeah. or ask harder questions maybe because we, we do have to talk about what church is for mm-hmm. and what matters and why do we continue to gather together yeah. week after week, even when we 
fully understand that a lot of us have different ideologies mm-hmm. and opinions and maybe even theological differences. Mm-hmm. I just had something come to me some somewhere I read. Oh shoot. What was it? Oh, it's going for my head. Oh no. Oh no. Cut this out. God <laughs> it's, it's so okay. funny. That happens sometimes. I don't, I don't know if this will be helpful or not. Like I said, this is my first good chunk of time spent in a non-denominational church. Yeah. And I came from other denominations, plural. I grew up in one. And then as an adult, I kind of went to another one. So it's not like I was in one denomination my whole, my whole life, but there was something said early on when I first joined staff here that kind of made me scratch my head, right? From a denominational, I'm not going to say, <laughs> I'm not going to say, but okay. I was like, come again. You, you know, it just, it made me ask a question. And mm. I took that question to a pastor mm. and I, I've, felt the freedom to ask that question, which again is one of the things I've loved the most about being at Grace. It's it's a safe place to ask questions. I've never been judged for any question that I've ever asked. And I asked a question and the person replied, let me ask you something. Does the, the, the issue in question, is that what brings us to Christ? And that, that was enough for me. No, it wasn't. It wasn't what brings Uh us to Christ. And so I've, I guess this is a long way of answering your question. I'm trying to keep Christ the focus. And so if I'm encountering someone within the church, who's from another tribe, I don't want to key in and focus on what separates us Mm -hmm. tribally. I want to focus on the thing that binds us together. Mm. You can wear a mask or not wear a mask. You can Mm. be vaccinated or not vaccinated. Let's focus in on Christ as best we can. And let's let the Holy Spirit lead us. I am afraid that we are getting distracted in all the division and we are just, we're not um, fulfilling the great commission Yeah, because right. we're distracted. Right. We're, we're like sheep and we're just scattering. Mm-hmm. And so we need the good shepherd to draw us together, but we need to look to the shepherd. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to go, I'm not going to find my way back to the shepherd by checking out what, what this other sheep is doing. Mm-hmm. This other sheep might be going headlong off a cliff, yeah. but both of us need to be looking Rabbits to the shepherd. Rabbits and camels? Rabbits and camels. Amen. Do you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I totally, I, yeah, I, I, agree, I agree. And I'm glad you brought that up because that was another part of your message that stood out to me is, I think, I, I think it's on us to solve everything, to solve these divisions. I think it's on us to fix things and make people think a certain way or feel a certain way, but it's not like it's the shepherd's responsibility to do the convicting or the correcting or the whatever. And the Holy spirit has to be involved in this. And if I think I can fix someone's opinion on something, I'm missing the, I'm missing a whole other element of the equation, which is allowing the Holy spirit to speak to that person. So I remembered what I was going to say. So this may seem, and maybe it is completely out of left field, but I feel like it's worth mentioning because it popped into my head. So here, I'm going to say this. Uh, I read somewhere recently, someone was asking the question uh, in Revelation 22, five, it's looking way into the future, new creation. And it says, and you know, there's no more night. There's no, no need of light for the Lord. Their God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. Like they will reign. Mm. And so the question that was asked in the book that I read was, uh, what are you going to be doing in like a thousand years into that reign. Like what's your day-to-day life going to look like in a thousand years? And the reason I bring that up is because 
I think what we're doing right now, these days, most of us is focusing so much on now. Yeah. We're so focused on, on the anxiety we're feeling right now, the anger that we're feeling right now. And I think we're losing our perspective, this new creation perspective mm-hmm. on the idea of what God is drawing us to and who he is drawing us to be. Mm-hmm. And, and so I wonder if part of doing the work is trying to refocus our, getting our framework set better on where this is all headed and what this is all about. And who do we want to be in year 1002 of our reigning with Christ in new creation? <laughs> like what kind of person are we at that point? And where, what do we, what could be, we, we be doing now to become more like that. And I don't know. I don't know if that makes yeah. any sense at all, but I think something about our limited like focus right now is keeping us from uh, from understanding the bigger picture. And also if we're thinking about new creation and, and yeah. that's part of the reason I keep bringing it up, return to Eden and all that. If we're thinking about where things are headed and who we are called to be and God's intentions for the world, I think it's far easier for us to want to invite others to participate in that. Yeah. Right. Versus just like negating something bad right now. It's like, yeah. let me paint the picture of where things are headed and what Christ has accomplished for us. That's what, if I can start to live that way, mm-hmm. that's when other people will notice. And I'll be like, yeah, come on, join the fun or the reigning with Christ eternally yeah, <laughs> or yeah. whatever. What's your thousand year plan? I just hope it has less knee pain. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's true. There will be no more crying or <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever it is. That's what I hope. <laughs> I, I agree. Knee pain. I agree. I want to do some some really great woodworking projects. That's my, that's my, and a lot of gardening. I'm going to be be growing some epic gardens. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think they were allowed to cut down trees in the garden of Eden? Never mind. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. You're killing (laughs) creation when you're cutting down trees. It's a great question. So far off. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, it's the last show of the year. (laughs) Uh, So where do we go next? I mean, Christmas Eve and then what? Well, uh, we do have our virtual service. Yep, December 26th. December 26th, which for in case you're curious, I mean, we've got some great worship music that that you guys put together. It's going to be awesome. I got to see a little glimpse of it today. Uh, and then and then Tim Ayers and I do kind of two informal discussions, just sort of guiding everybody on thinking through the last year yeah. and and then thinking about the year ahead and what do we want it to be? Who do mm-hmm. we want to be? And And then we'll dive right in starting January 2nd. We'll dive right into our new sermon series. It's not about me where we are going to, unfortunately for everybody who's sick of me talking about it, we're going (laughs) to talk more about the self-giving love of Jesus. But this time we're going to talk about it till you do it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) But this time we're going to be talking specifically about how, what would it look like to make 2022 the year of selflessness? Like how do we actually accomplish that this year? We love ourselves a lot. <laughs> well, yeah. so one of the things, well, it's, it's, it's a primary value of Grace Church. We've decided this in the last six months that this idea, this self-giving love. Yeah. And humility, the idea it's yeah, not humility, about me. Yeah. Um, is, is a primary value. And so that's why we're saying, could this be the year of this? Yeah. Because a, we feel like it's part of the gospel, but also this is, this is kind of an identifier of our church. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, and we will all be gathered at one service. Oh, that's January right. January 2. 2. Don't miss that. Yeah. So we're doing something kind of different. Normally we've got services at 9, 15 and 11, but on January 2nd, we're all going to meet at 10 a.m. Yeah. 
Split the difference. Meet in the middle. So that's a that's an interesting service too, because it's uh, staff and staff family run. For the most part. With a few exceptions. <laughs> Apparently some volunteers have found their oh, way okay. in because they've been desperate. So I'm wondering, no, where's Desi going? Because volunteers love volunteering. That's what I mean. They're desperate yeah. to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah where's yeah. Desi going? What's she doing? What, what do you mean? Oh, she where is she the, serving? Yeah. Um, she'll probably be watching the coddle kid, right? Because I keep... <laughs> <laughs> if David is on sound and Liz is playing yeah, bass, right. like She's Desi is watching all right. Samuel all of Christmas. Yeah. Okay. That's good. how she serves. All right. <laughs> it's a good gig. Yeah. That'd be good. That'd be fun. I'm going to miss it, but you guys will do great. Yeah. Oh, you're off already. I thought that was your last thing. No. no. So you're off. You're gone. <laughs> oh man. I'm gone. Oh, see you later. Man. Yeah. Uh, I, I will see you hopefully New Year's Eve. That's right. When our tribes that's fight right. each other Sports. on the court. <laughs> yeah. Major sports tribes. He's over here decked out in his Pacers gear right now for oh, the I pod. See. And we yeah. are, we are planning to see a Bulls Pacers game if it doesn't get Ooh, canceled. Yeah. Sounds fun. All right. Uh, so we'll see you in the new year and uh, I will see you in April uh, when I return, unless you guys burn the place to the ground without in my absence. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, Marin, will you please send us out? I will for the last time this year. Do justly love mercy and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 